On December 24, 1971, Lanza Flight 508 from Lima to Pacolpa, Peru took off against warnings of severe weather threats. The plane was struck by lightning and crashed over the Amazon rainforest. The only survivor? A 17-year-old girl named Julianne Kopke. And little did she know, her survival story was just beginning. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. The day before her flight, Julianne has spent the day celebrating and dancing the night away at her senior prom. And then hours before her flight, she had attended her own graduation ceremony. This should have been a happy time for Julianne, but in mere seconds, it became the worst day of her life. She was traveling with her mom from Lima to Pacapa to celebrate with her father who had been unable to make the trip to see her graduate. An investigation conducted after the crash would find that the plane took off into severe weather and against many warnings. They believe it was because the airlines were under such pressure due to the increased holiday traffic. Nonetheless, the plane took off as scheduled, and for a while, all was fine. Until the plane, a Lockheed Electra, flew into some bad lightning. The plane was struck at 10,000 feet, shattering parts of the plane instantly. The damage sent the plane into a nosedive right over the Amazon rainforest. Now, lucky for Julianne, she was no stranger to the area. Born in Lima, Peru, in 1954 to German parents, she was homeschooled by her mother and raised as a, quote, jungle child. Her father, Hans Wilhelm Kopke, was a biologist, and her mother, Maria, was an ornithologist. And if you're unfamiliar with the term, that's a person who studies birds. So both of her parents worked for the Museum of Natural History in Lima. When she was just 14, her parents established Panguana, a research station in the Amazon, only 30 miles from where Julianne would land after falling nearly two miles out of the sky. Julianne was sucked outside of the plane during the freefall and became unconscious. When she woke, she was still strapped into her seat and miraculously had only minor injuries. She had broken her collarbone, her right eye was bruised and swollen shut, and she had a large cut in her right arm. Not bad for falling over 10,000 feet. She was wearing only a mini sundress, one sandal, and she had lost her eyeglasses. She kept her one shoe due to the fact that she was short-sighted without her glasses, and so she could use the shoe to feel the ground in front of her as she walked. This was to avoid running into any snake that may be chilling, camouflaged on the jungle floor. Julianne was well-versed in survival techniques, although ill-equipped. Wandering through the forest, she could hear search and rescue planes overhead, but she still had no way to signal them under the giant tree canopy. Slowly growing frantic, she began to search for her mother. She was seated beside her on the plane, so one would assume that she landed somewhere near her. She eventually found a creek and followed it for a while, hoping that it would lead to some type of civilization. And besides, walking in the water was safer than stepping on venomous snakes. It wasn't long before she turned a bend in the creek and spotted a bench seat that had come from the plane. She became fearful as she had no idea who or what would be in these seats. She approached the bench, scanning for signs of her mom, 
but it happened to be three other passengers. The bench and passengers had plummeted headfirst into the ground, most likely killing anyone who was alive at the time of impact. Throughout her journey, Julianne searched any plane wreckage that she came across, and in her first few days she found a bag of sweets, but that wouldn't sustain her long. The truth was, she was having a lot of trouble finding food. It rained several times a day, and it was always hot and humid during the daytime hours. However, at night, it became significantly colder and was getting tough to stay warm in a sundress. And by day 10, with the help of dehydration, malnutrition, and not to mention the pain from her injuries, Julianne's mind began to drift. She was hallucinating and believed that she was in a parallel universe far away from any other human beings. She had been alone so long, she thought she'd never be found. She was barely able to stand, and the cut on her arm was infected with maggots that had now grown up to an inch long. Rose, Rose. So she eventually comes across a large ship docked on the river, with a small path leading into the trees. This can't be real, she thought. She walked up close to touch it just to convince herself. Along the path, she found a small hut with a palm leaf roof. Outside the hut sat a liter of gasoline. She recalled her father using kerosene on the family dog to treat a wound that had become infected with maggots, and the wound had healed. So maybe gasoline would do the same. She siphons out the gasoline by sucking it out with a tube and proceeds to spit it onto her wound. Quote, The pain was intense as the maggots tried to get further into the wound. I pulled out about 30 maggots and was very proud of myself. I decided to spend the night there. End quote. The next morning, she woke to voices. She heard men talking as they were walking up the small jungle path. Their voices sounded like angels to her. She rushed out to make sure that they were real. The men were initially quite startled at the sight of her. At first glance, she was probably quite the sight. Imagine coming across a white German girl in a sundress in the middle of the Amazon. Her hair is a mess. She's cut up, covered in dried blood, and only has one shoe on. I can only imagine it was a little unnerving, especially considering local lore. They apparently thought that she was some kind of water goddess. There's a local legend that speaks of a hybrid of a water dolphin and a blonde, white-skinned woman. But thankfully, Julianne was taught Spanish as a child and explained to them that she was a survivor of the plane crash. After she was able to introduce herself, the men began to relax a little and understand what's going on. They treated her wounds and provided her something to eat and drink. She stayed another night in the hut and then they took her into civilization the very next day. The trip took seven hours by boat. But when they arrived in the Tornavista district, a local pilot airlifted her to the hospital in Pacolpa, where she was finally reunited with her father. When they first saw each other, they just froze and fell silent. Then both of them fell apart in each other's arms, overwhelmed with relief and sorrow. Later, Julianne would find that her mother did survive the crash, but was badly injured, alone, and unable to move. She died several days later. Julianne still feels guilty that she didn't find her mother. Julianne would board a plane back to Germany where she would make a full recovery from all of her wounds. She would go on to honor her mother's memory with amazing achievements in her own career. She earned a degree in biology, just like her parents, followed by a doctorate from the University of Munich. In 1989, she married an entomologist named Eric Diller who specializes in parasitic wasps. She followed in their footsteps, 
further returning to Peru to do an extensive research on bats. Then in 2000, she took over as the director of Panguana, her parents' research facility, following the death of her father. She has won numerous awards and prizes for her writings and other works. Her remarkable double survival story has been the subject of several books and films, including her own autobiography, entitled When I Fell from the Sky. Director Warner Herzog made a documentary focusing on Julianne called Wings of Hope. Herzog was interested in telling her story because of a personal connection. He allegedly was slated to be on her doomed flight in 1971, but a last-minute change of plans spared him from the plane crash. And that is the remarkable story of Julianne Kopke. Downright magical is what this story is. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm glad we did this one though. We need a palate cleanser every now and then. I talk about this all the time. I'd like to do, you know, one case a month mm -hmm. that yeah. is is some type of a palate cleanser. But sometimes it's difficult because mm -hmm. there's so many missing people. There's so many stories that we feel like need to be told. Yeah. yeah. Um. So sometimes it's hard to fit these uh these positive happy. Well, I guess you could say happy ending. Her mother did die. Yeah. Um, in a horrible fashion. Yeah, and not um, the other people. As far as they know, mm -hmm. right? But they know for a fact that her mother died in a in a horrible fashion. As far as being alive when she landed, mm -hmm. but alone yeah. and stranded, because mm -hmm. we don't know she could have had two broken legs. I mean, we don't really know what the circumstances are. Mm -hmm. Um, but what made you pick this case? Um, I don't know. It was just really. Like you said, it was it had more of a positive ending. Yeah, you. you know, I know was, you need it sometimes as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get tired of writing. Uh, this person's gone. This person's yeah, gone. This person's missing. No, nothing heard from this case in twenty years. Uh, yeah, it starts to weigh on you a little bit. But yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this case. Uh, there's, it, we're lucky that you know, uh, Julianne was a survivor obviously mm -hmm. and has written autobiography and and numerous sources on this case so we were able to be very factual and very detailed um which is something we're not typically able to be on this show i didn't have time to i wish i would have had time to read her autobiography because i feel like there would have been a lot more in there oh, of course and now it's on my like to be read list right but um we'll do a follow-up like oh, yeah. once you read it we'll we'll do a, a little shorts um Maybe we'll put it on Patreon or whatnot, or maybe we'll do a follow-up on the free platform as well under uh, after another episode yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I plan on reading it because it seems that one and the one that um, I can't remember that guy's name off, offhand right now, but the guy that um, survived the, the other flight that we did, he wrote a book too. Oh, okay. The one that landed in the Andes. Oh, yeah. That yeah. guy. One of those guys. Like I think several of them actually. Or something. Yeah. They, uh, there's a couple books that came out of there that I'd like to read too but I gotta get this one and check it out because 
I just feel like uh, reading about her being alone out there and how she felt like, yeah. at 17. That that could be that's an incredible story. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, she was out there for over 10 days. Yeah. That's that's insane. Now, I know there's a lot of cases and a lot of stories, um, especially in the strange and unexplained realm, around airplanes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we'll have plenty of opportunities to bring this case back up. Oh, definitely. You know, when yeah. you read it. So, um that would be a cool way to kind of give you guys a little more detail on this, or maybe we'll put out a, a video on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, if you guys don't know, um, True Crime Guys Productions, we are moving towards putting a lot more uh, video out there. If you do listen to True Crime Guys, you can now hear True Crime Guys, or watch True Crime Guys, rather, rather on YouTube. Um, the last two weeks, we have uploaded videos, of mm-hmm. full videos of the episodes. Um, and eventually, uh, Strange Unexplained, I think we'll get there as well. One thing at a time, peeps. One thing at a time. It's a lot of work. We got to we got to build the crew up a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but we're getting there, and uh, but we appreciate you guys' support. We hope you enjoyed this positive and more uplifting story. And uh, yeah, let's check in with Lauren. Let's see what he thought about this. You know, for once he didn't get to hear about a horrible missing person or a murder. So, <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you on the other side. Of Lauren's synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis, breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren, it's time for Lauren Synopsis, breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren, it's time for Lauren Synopsis, breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up people, Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The harrowing tale of 17-year-old Juliana Kopke, who survived Lanza Flight 508, which was a plane that went down on Christmas Eve 1971 after being struck by lightning. The most deadly lightning strike in aviation history, costing the lives of 91 people on a flight of 92. Juliana Kopke, 17-year-old, being the only one to survive. This flight was from Lima to Pucolpa, Peru. Uh, so not a very long flight. But just uh, everyone's nightmare, flying through a horrible storm and getting struck by lightning and the plane plummeting to earth, falling apart. She would somehow survive a 9,800-foot fall while still strapped to her seat. Quite a case for seatbelts here. Still strapped into her seat, which clearly saved her life, having something to break her fall. Also, the jungle canopy of thick forest uh, breaking her fall as well. Um, But no one else surviving that fall but her. Um, she obviously had some severe injuries. She had a broken collarbone, um, and gashes on her arm and leg, the arm becoming infected and having being basically becoming filled with maggots over the next 11 days of her going down the river, something her father had taught her. She was uniquely designed. This is one of those cases that it's, you know, it's like you have to believe in either fate, God, uh, or the fact that we're in a simulation because like of all people, on this plane to survive the fall. It was like Juliana was the one Julianne was like maybe her or perhaps her mother, but her mother was obviously older and not as fit and, and not, probably not going to survive that fall. She was the one that was uniquely designed to survive in the, in the jungle, having been raised by parents that worked at the museum of natural history and were biologists. And basically they were in the rainforest with Juliana, Julianne, from the time she was little, um, they had a research station in the Amazon rainforest and she become became what was called a jungle child. 
and learn survival techniques as a child. It was like of anyone to survive that fall, it, it was like destiny for her to be that one. And she also was uniquely calm under pressure, it seemed, by all descriptions, um, and was not panicked when she landed, you know, came to. Obviously, it took like a full day of her being laying there strapped into the seat before getting the strength to get up and follow the streams until they led to a bigger body of water and ultimately running into a couple of locals. And the fact that she also spoke Spanish and she was of German descent. She, she was, uh, you know, her parents were both German and they were basically stationed in, in, uh, Peru for work. But because she grew up in Peru and was born there, she, she spoke fluent Spanish, saving her from potentially, you know, uh, you know, people in Peru believing she was maybe a ghost or something like that. Who knows if they would have been willing to help her. They may have ran off scared if she didn't know how to speak their language. So that was also huge, but incredible tale. And once again, just makes me wonder and believe that there has to be something more right to this experience. We're living the way some, there's just some things that are beyond coincidence. This is just too bizarre that she was the one that survived out of 92 people. The one that was born and called the jungle child and was like uniquely taught to survive this situation. It's, it's crazy, crazy tale. That's almost like if it, if you made a movie about it, you'd almost not believe it. Of course, there's been a movie made, um, by the by, uh, Warner Herzog, who was supposed to be on this plane, apparently. One of those tales where it's like he cha- had last second uh, change of plans and later made a movie about her, um, Julianne. So crazy story. Glad Michael covered this because I'd never heard about it and I, it was really fun to learn about. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed my take and I'll see you next week. All right, all right. Lauren. Uh, thank you for that synopsis, sir. I'm glad that you enjoyed looking into this case uh, as much as I did. Like I say, it's always nice to hear some type of uh, some type of victorious story uh, when you're in the world of true crime. <laughs> it's so few and far between. Um, but guys, I got a little bit of housekeeping here. I won't keep you too long. Um, a great way to help Strange and Unexplained and True Crime Guys Productions is to go check out patreon.com slash Guys. Now, I know I've said patreon.com slash SNDU podcast for all the epi- almost every episode up to this point, besides the last few, but we've what we've done is we've combined our Patreons, so now um, everything from Sandu, Strange Unexplained, all of that, and True Crime Guys are all available on the $5 tier on patreon.com slash Guys. Now, a little, a little secret, if you are a patron of uh, Sandu podcast patreon.com slash SNU podcast. I will continue to upload there on the $3 tier. So you could, if you just, if you just want sand do stuff, you can get it for $3 um, on the strange and unexplained platform on Patreon. But if you want all that stuff, plus everything true crime guys has to offer, which is the 60 something Patreon exclusive episodes from true crime guys, including 70 something, just the banters between me and Lauren, where we answer listener questions um, we talk about random things going on in our lives, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, for just two extra dollars a month on the $5 tier there, you get access to everything we make at True Crime Guys Productions. All right? But if you're still making your way through the free content, no big deal. Um, if you could, whatever platform you listen on, if they have the ability, give us a rating or give us a review. If you listen on Spotify, go to our Spotify, go to our artist page and uh, click that five stars right there. We'd appreciate that very much. It helps the show. It helps the show get noticed. It also helps the show um, 
move up in different categories on Spotify and iTunes and things like that. So I want to give a big thanks to Jess B0123 said binge worthy with five fire emojis and with five stars for Strange Unexplained. Thank you very much, Jess. That's all you have to do. Just stop in, leave me a little five star. And uh, if it says your name like it does on iTunes or Apple Podcast, then I'll give you a shout on the show. All right. Um, but yeah, like I said, guys, patreon.com slash uh, true crime guys for everything we make at TCG Productions. We're releasing something almost every other day of the week. Also, check us out on YouTube. Um, Look for the official True Crime Guys channel on YouTube. And every Sunday night to Monday morning, well, it comes out Sunday night on the free platform or on uh, the podcast platforms on True Crime Guys, I release a TCG weekly update every single Sunday night. And it basically lets you know everything we released in the previous week of True Crime Guys Productions and also uh, some hints into what we have coming out in the next week. All right, so it's a great way to stay informed of everything that's going on. You can check that out on YouTube as well as free episodes of True Crime Guys are now in video form on YouTube as well. All right, link below the description of this. Click the True Crime Guys link tree and you'll see everything that we got. All right, guys, well, that's it. I won't keep you any longer. And uh, I'll see you next week for a new Strange and Unexplained case. All right? So remember, until then, be strange. Just don't be strangers. You hush your mouth, boy.